Hello from sunny Austin, Texas, and welcome to the Healthcare Soothsayer podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Bonnie Clipper, and yes, I am a nurse. I have worked for more than 30 years as a nurse, chief nurse executive, innovation strategist, and speaker. I am grateful for the opportunities to have created nationally recognized programs and for building the framework to bring 4 million nurses from across the country into the innovation space. I get to connect regularly with healthcare leaders and frontline professionals to talk about ways to improve patient outcomes, access, cost efficiencies, and clinical workflows. I have taken the message of Nursing Innovation International and look forward to continuing this message to transform healthcare. This podcast will bring you thought leaders and ideas that you may not have heard otherwise. This is their opportunity to share with you what they see in their crystal ball through their unique lens and perspective in healthcare and what we can anticipate as a result. Today with me, I have Wendy Morgan, founder and CEO of Shift, a woman-founded technology company defining the future of education and training through the use of virtual reality. Wendy, thanks for joining me today. Dr. Bonnie, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me. And Wendy, you know me well enough that I am Bonnie to you. (laughs) Can do. All right. Let's talk a little bit about the space that you're in and tell me about what you guys see coming down the road or what you see around the next corner. Yeah. um, So the virtual reality space, um, that next corner has changed drastically in the last few months. So this is a company I started in 2018 when virtual reality was beginning to gain some traction in the training space. But now with um, the way our entire world has changed and the need for different ways of training people without being able to get together face-to-face or to have hands-on training, the hunger for other technologies to fill that gap is really there. So, you know, for me, when we look at addressing issues in training in healthcare or um, our other major focus, which is diversity, equity, and inclusion training or implicit bias training, Those are big areas that really need a way to connect with people and give them both the soft skill training that they really need, as well as hands-on muscle memory type training. So, you know, around the corner, I see many different industries needing this kind of technology and a way to reach their learners. So how does this improve the outcomes from an educational perspective? What is this that we're going to produce in the workforce that's different than today? Well, you know, if you just looked at VR, virtual reality, side by side with, say, video training or the traditional face-to-face lecture type training in a a standard environment, the learning outcomes are improved in that. So, for example, if you look at uh, using virtual reality to train for a medical procedure, there have been studies done that show a 270% improvement in learner outcomes in virtual reality versus any other kind of training. Um, And those include things like the mistakes made during the first procedure, a number of times they needed their instructor to help them during their first procedure, the length of time it takes to complete the first procedure, all things like that were data points that were uh, observed where they showed these improvements. But then if you think about soft skills, so uh, for example, in a lot of high risk environments like healthcare or even say um, nuclear power, you have to learn how to do something without the pressures and stress of it being real or feeling real. 
And, you know, your brain makes a disconnect there. You say, oh, well, you know, this is a classroom. How bad can it be if I mess this up? I mean, my teacher's watching, but really, how bad can it be? In virtual reality, we can put our learners into a space where every part of their being believes that they are there and the stress levels go up and they sweat. And so they have that added pressure of learning how to do a procedure or complete a task with all of the complications that they would experience in real life. And so we like to say we provide a safe place to have risk and a safe place to really mess up where if you were doing it in real life, the outcomes, the, the effects of having a failure would be really devastating. So literally by you convincing my brain that I'm in a high pressure situation in a hospital or with a patient, you can force me into this stressful situation so I can use my critical thinking skills and muscle memory to perform the tasks or functions that I need to. And my learning outcomes are 270% better as a result. Mm -hmm. That's right. And we can teach you four times faster in virtual reality versus a normal or a different kind of class setting. So I love to use the example to think about a pilot, right? If you got on an airplane and you knew that your pilot had watched a video and heard a lecture and was going to take off in that airplane, you would probably disembark, right? But if that pilot had spent time in a virtual reality where every potential catastrophe happened during a flight and they had to be cool and level-headed and overcome those issues, you would know that they knew what they were doing. And the same is true in a healthcare setting. But another piece that we can put in here, which is a, a personal passion of mine, which is addressing bias. So it, virtual reality is really the only place on earth where you can live someone else's life for a short period of time. So not only can we teach you the technical skills, the practical skills under pressure, but then there's this component where we can teach soft skills. So um, of course, we all know we're watching the world around us and this is a topic that must be addressed. And so you can do that and you could have an implicit bias course or a diversity, equity, and inclusion course. But beyond that, you can take everything you teach whether we're teaching a nurse how to assess a patient or a doctor how to perform surgery, we can wrap in training that soft skill and help them address their own bias in their interaction with patients. And so the ability to train the soft skills and these practical skills simultaneously, faster and more effectively, I mean, who doesn't want that? So this is really interesting. Now you just packed a whole lot in there. So I want to unpack this a little bit. The first part of your statement, um, if that's okay with you, I want to dig into that. Yeah. So when we think about it from an airline pilot perspective, they train for hundreds of hours on flight simulators. Mm -hmm. Now that's been around for a very long time. So they may not have been as technologically as advanced as kind of the VR that you're describing today, but nonetheless, they are doing exactly as you described through the simulation of that environment with critical thinking and muscle memory. They've been able to learn this, this training and have much better outcomes. And the safety is pretty profound, right? In terms of what they've been able to accomplish. So why haven't we applied this methodology to healthcare before now? What, what's taking so long and why is it so hard to translate and break into healthcare with VR as, as a training tool? I think there are multiple and complex issues as with anything else, but the top issue has been that the hardware that is available for this kind of training historically has been cumbersome. 
a little bit glitchy and very expensive, but it's not anymore, unfortunately, or fortunately, thanks to uh, Facebook coming on the scene and uh, working with Oculus. We now have high-end headsets that are better than anything a pilot would have used a few years ago that you can activate and use as easily as you would your cell phone for $300. And so being able to get headsets out to anybody and everybody, that will overcome a huge barrier. And then there's just the awareness of it. You know, there has been some use of virtual reality in healthcare, but it has been more focused on operations and, uh, you know, very complex procedures. But I think that the awareness has now come to light for people that the training for nurses and CNAs is equally as important uh, in, in many, many ways. And so now that it's accessible and affordable, and then that has encouraged companies like ours to come into this space and build these trainings. And so now you've got that confluence of those things. The hardware is more accessible. It works better. It's easier to use. And now there are people that are building the trainings that are there to be delivered to the, to the nurses, CNAs, and doctors. So this is, is pretty fascinating, right? Because if we were to use nurses or physicians or any other discipline for that matter, from a use case perspective, you could use it while they're students being mm-hmm. trained. I think I'm hearing you say we could also use it during an orientation or onboarding phase. Absolutely. It sounds like we could also use it at different junctures in a career, like as we're upskilling or developing certification skills. It's also interesting because it it makes me wonder that, you know, the way that we do board kind of requirements or board licensure, we sit for um, an NCLEX exam in the nursing world and imagine what it would look like if we used VR to determine for nurses to sit for boards, right? So that participating in that allowed you to pull together everything that you learned didactically and do it in a hands-on simulated environment that would actually test your problem solving and critical thinking in a scenario. That would be pretty amazing. Yeah, absolutely. And that that is possible. And that's the direction we're moving. You know, we're a fairly young company, but we do have online didactic training that accompanies our virtual reality because, of course, obviously I'm a huge fan, but it is not the be all and end all. You do need some training that surrounds it. So what we're working towards is having AI that can track the progress through the online learning and then progress in virtual reality so that grading or passing of a test is is, uh, very possible and something that we'll have available very soon. When you go back to school, so I've talked to several um, schools of nursing and one big problem they have with the simulation labs is that they, they can't get that soft skills like Um, They can show the students certain conditions or uh, patients that they need to assess and figure out one or two illnesses they might have or conditions they might have, but then to overlay the stress of the attending or something else going on in the hospital at the same time or the family is there, they're not capable of doing that. But then the other thing is, you know, if, if when things are normal and students can actually get into a hospital, they have their clinical hours or they're, they're shadowing a physician, they might see one or two kinds of cases, but they only have a short period of time to be in the hospital. In virtual reality, we can create countless cases with overlaying issues and talk about, you know, issuing medicine and mental health and all those pieces and overlay on top of that the stress of what it's like to be on the job and actually have family members there. And so the benefit in the nursing school is is also very great. 
So what you're describing is really you can des you can design and build almost a perfect clinical scenario, whereas today we have to put students through multiple hours of real life clinical hours in order to hopefully introduce them to different dynamics, different personalities, different diagnoses, all of these things that ideally that you'll see as a student in your experience, but we can't make it happen. Whereas you actually could design it to be the case and make it happen. Right. And that student can learn all of that completely independently with zero resources needed from a hospital or clinic where, you know, so they don't need a, a doctor overseeing their work or, or any of that. And that's true as well for the onboarding and orientation. Right now, it's, it's very cumbersome and resource intensive and takes a long time. And I've heard a little bit boring the way it's done now, but if you put it in virtual reality, again, I'm going to go back to the four times faster. And so, you know, when you put all those uh, things into account of the speed and the not needing the resources from a hospital, we're talking 50% cheaper to do a training using virtual reality than what's traditionally being done now with face-to-face -face and even video type training. So while it feels like it might be more expensive with sort of a capital outlay of, of headsets or equipment, you're saying really we can do this in such a way that we could scale back on some of the human labor component if we were to design it just right and use it in the right way. Exactly. Yep. So you have one headset and you would, so a lot of people think, oh, so what? I have to have a headset for every staff. And that's not the case. So one headset, typically the virtual reality scenario will take about 30 minutes per session. So if you have a headset going all day long and you can train one person every 30 minutes, there you go. You get five headsets. And so being able to train a huge uh, staff, you know, a hospital system that has 1,500 employees, and it takes maybe a week to get through everybody. So, yeah, you don't need a whole lot of them to be able to train all of your people. So that's pretty amazing stuff. Let's shift gears a little bit and talk about the DEI training that you mentioned. Certainly, I think that in the last six months, we've learned as a country that every discipline and certainly all of us would benefit from that. Tell me a little bit how virtual reality can help us with that and what are the industries that it's appropriate for? Well, the particular course that we are working on, which is based off of the research that came out of Stanford, it really is uh, applicable for anyone. So we have uh, customers from police, you know, law enforcement, K-12, corporate, hospitality, and healthcare, because the approach that we take with virtual reality and others as well is that the learning about your own bias and learning to disrupt that is a personal journey. And so we work with people to look at what is bias, why is it there, why does the brain do that, and how can I, as a person, begin to figure out where my bias lies and how I can overcome it. And then the virtual reality component of that is a follow-on. So we have scenarios where you go and you live the life of, for example, uh, someone who's working, but they're homeless, and the struggles that they deal with and the bias that they encounter or a young black woman who has given birth to a, a premature baby and the, the causes, the 
you know, the lack of health equity throughout her pregnancy. And then in when she gave birth, the causes behind these, there's pretty staggering numbers around uh, infant mortality for black women. So you're actually there, you are that person and you're being treated as if you're that person. And even just a few minutes really builds uh, your empathy, your skill and empathy and your ability uh, to perspective take. And that's a skill that's vital for all of these industries. But I think particularly for people in the, the caring industries like education or health, where, you know, we go into these careers because we do care about people and we go to work each day because we want to help. But an unconscious bias that we may have can interfere with that and make our patients' outcomes be less than ideal. And so being able to gain an awareness of your own bias and really understand how to take the perspective of all of your patients is a really vital skill. And it can only be accomplished in virtual reality because that's the only place you can be someone else for a while and really know what it feels like. This is pretty powerful stuff. So I would imagine that as you know, we continue to find ways to improve upon how we educate you guys are going to be getting pretty busy in terms of the the deployment of this technology for a variety of industries. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I mean, as a as a startup, I certainly hope so. But then, as a a person who is passionate about making a difference and making an impact, I also very much hope so because you know I want everyone. I want to be able to touch tons of people with these kinds of trainings so that they can then touch the lives of tons of other people. And I really believe that that's the way change is going to occur, especially change around something like bias. It takes all of us doing a little bit, not a few of us doing a lot. And that will make all the difference. But our other product is preventing the, the spread of infection for specifically COVID-19. When you talk about the people who would rather not wear a mask or don't quite get how to wear a mask or social distancing seems irrelevant. So again, being able to be in virtual reality and see and feel the virus coming at you. So, you know, that's my other, other passion. I have many of them, but being able to stop this and, and save lives in this way is, is also really, really important. And we're getting very busy because a lot of people are seeing now that we're having the second wave that, We've got to do something there as well. But busy is fine. I mean, that's the, the other beauty of virtual reality is we can build the trainings, deploy the headsets and train thousands and thousands of people in a single day because it's independent of us. And it just it goes out there and people independently learn. Wow, this is incredible stuff that you guys are doing, Wendy. Where can people find you on social media? Well, uh, social media. So we do have a Facebook and a LinkedIn page. And then our website is uh, shiftbias.com. Um, we're um, at equity training is our handle on Twitter and Facebook. So, uh, and of course, look me up on LinkedIn, Wendy Morgan. I'd be happy to connect. I would love to just talk to anybody about why we do what we do and our hopes for being able to make a, an impact where it's needed. That is, this is incredible stuff. So I certainly encourage people to re reach out to you. And thanks again for your time today. This is just really amazing technology and there's so many good use cases for it. I appreciate your time. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's always a pleasure to get to talk with you. And thank you for listening and be sure to use innovation to your advantage. Thanks so much for listening to Healthcare Soothsayers. I really do appreciate it. 
If you liked what you heard, please rate, review, and share it with your network. That is how we grow and learn. If you have ideas for show topics or guests, please reach out to me directly at ThoughtLeaderRN on Twitter. For information about this show or any of the others in the Touchpoint Media Network, please check them out at touchpoint.health. 